Hello, welcome to episode four, season two of Hey Honey, How is School? Today on the podcast, I have with me Ruby. Hi. And Nika. Hello. Hello. Um, Our first highlight this week is overcoming obstacles and setbacks. This is something we've been talking a lot about. You guys did another at-home interview, which was really cool. So tell us about, tell us about what, what, what are some things we've been talking about um, in terms of overcoming obstacles um well most of the adults that we interviewed Uh said to not give up and try again no matter how hard it is yeah what other patterns did you guys notice in some of the advice we got like keep trying okay yeah that's um adding on to what nika said yeah Mm -hmm. uh one thing i really liked that a lot of your parents said was that um it's not easy Uh, We read a chapter in our philosophy book about, you know, lots of times people give this impression of, like, basically just doing life is easy. And it's really not. There's some really, really hard things. And making mistakes is hard, but very, very worth it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What did you guys think of um, Stephen Clonch, the um, boy in the basketball video that we watched? Can you tell our listeners about him? So he was born with, like, his left leg a lot shorter than his right one and um he one of his hands like he didn't have one of his hands Uh uh-huh but he wanted to be a basketball player yeah and so like all of the teams like tried to double team other people Mm -hmm. instead of him Mm -hmm. and really easy on him and stuff Mm -hmm. even though he was like the best player on their team yeah yeah he told the story of, I don't remember the name, but it, he was a baseball player with only one hand. And when he was a kid, went to his dad and was like, Dad, the kids won't let me play baseball because I only have one hand. And what did his dad tell him? No, it's because you suck at baseball. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. you stink at baseball. So then his dad worked with him and he practiced and overcame this huge obstacle of only having one hand. So that was really inspiring. He talked about how all of us have abilities and all of us have disabilities. Um, sometimes they're physical, sometimes they're not. It was really inspiring. Did you guys think it was inspiring? Yeah. Yeah. Something, so I- something that I liked from it was he said, I'm not going to let anybody diss my ability. Yes, that was great. That's one of my favorite videos to watch with you guys. Awesome. Uh, second highlight this week, we started talking about book commercials through the lens of reading like a writer. Uh, go ahead and talk about that. Um, so book commercial, book commercials are basically you go on like Google Classroom or something and you can make a video like a book, a book commercial about a book and you can just kind of like tell the reader about the book. Yeah, so we watched a bunch of them this week to try to learn how to make a book commercial. What were some things that we noticed that creators of book commercials do? They, like, did very small, short pieces of text. Yeah. So you don't have to be, like, reading at, like, a very fast speed. Like, you don't have to be, like, Uh like, it's more like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I liked that. What else do they do? Like the music, like mm-hmm. um, probably like if it was like a very like chill book, you want to have like a bunch of exciting music, and so yeah. like it's really important about like what music, and mm-hmm. it can like hook 
yes. the listener. It hooks um, the listener. Yeah, go ahead. One of the um, book commercials we watched, uh, it had, it was called Hatchet, uh-huh. and it wouldn't, and it was about a kid who survived a plane crash uh-huh. with only a hatchet. Yeah. And then what happened was they wouldn't have done music like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They were like very suspenseful music. Yes. So we talked about that. Your choice of music is really important. That oftentimes it matches the mood. Actually, I would say all the time, right? So it matches the mood or the tone of the actual text that the book commercial is based on. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So this year. Um, all year long, this is going to be one of the ways that you guys share the very exciting and awesome books that you're reading with the hopes of inspiring other people to read them as well. I'm excited for you guys to start creating your own. Nice. Highlight number three, we talked this week about our Fiero and Haas Awards. Um, I'm sure that listeners at home are like, what did she just say? Um, so, um, <laughs> What's a Haas Award? A Haas- it's like a- it's habit a habit of a, of a scholar award. A habit of a scholar award. To name a few of them, there's like save ideas, mm-hmm. multiple perspectives and resources, mm-hmm. and like all the mm-hmm. well habits of a scholar that yeah. you need to know. So how do you guys like what, what? How do you get an award? Um, by just doing a habit of scholar. Like you gave some people an award because like when you were talking, they were writing down. Uh-huh. in their notebooks about what you were talking about yeah. and then like also just like staying on task mm-hmm. and sure. just like doing your work you can get yeah. habit of a scholar yeah so I fill them out for you guys and yeah. You yeah and what's the Fiero award well I don't remember the exact <laughs> thing that you said but that's okay I can help you you said it was like having like pride in your work mm-hmm. yeah fiero is italian for pride um and it's the name that uh scientists gave to this rush of emotion when what were they studying do you remember who they were studying i think they were studying like i forget uh, it was uh video gamers oh yeah when they complete a very challenging level uh, or, like, finish a game that scientists had them, like, hooked up to computers, I guess, and they noticed that their body experienced this, like, rush of joy and pride and excitement and fire like for... Yeah. Like, basically, when we finished the pentominoes and we found out yes. the pattern. Yes. So, when you guys are engaged in super challenging learning and you stick with something for a long time and you finally come to some kind of understanding or realization or you've figured it all out, um, can earn the Fiero Award. And this happened in here when we were trying to figure out all the different ways to arrange um, five cubes and then it became six cubes. You guys were like obsessed with it. You were staying in for recess doing all those kinds of things. So this is another award that I like to, to hand out. Yeah. We tried and we actually found some patterns and then we just like mm-hmm. stopped after seven. Mm-hmm. Because seven is we a lot. Realized that there would be way too many for any of our patterns to. Yeah. Like, yeah. Go. That's where you guys kind of jumped back and went into the mathematics. Yeah. To see if you could figure it out there. Absolutely. Very nice. 
Uh, highlight number four that we started this week um, is English orthology, if you will. We watched a funny video. Um, <laughs> why don't you guys tell them about that? Um, so it's this um, video, and it was of this one guy teaching another guy about the English language, uh-huh. and he was like um, telling him, and sometimes like how like letters are like silent Mm -hmm. and he got so frustrated the Mm -hmm. other guy because he like kept on getting everything wrong (laughs) yeah and everything yeah another example that they should have done was like through and cough Uh uh-huh the o-u-g-h pattern yeah like yeah there's no way that they connect in the phonetic alphabet sure like when they're doing it it doesn't like when they're yeah yeah it just doesn't yeah. Sound right. We talked about how, you know, learning how to spell in English is really, really frustrating because it feels like you learn a rule, mm-hmm. like the guy in the video. He'd be like, okay, so if we have one duck and we add an S, then we have two ducks. So then if we have one goose, and if I have more than one goose, what is it? Gooses. No. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it's, it's like you peace. learn a rule, and then, oh, here's 27 exceptions. Um, so we're starting to unpack this phenomenon in the English language, and we're going to start talking about some other things regarding um, the conventions. Um, I taught you guys just today um, a big word that means essentially spelling. Do you guys remember it? Orthography? Orthography, orthography. yes. Do, do you remember the etymology of orthography? Um... Graph was right. Graph was right, and orth. Do you remember orth? Um, I'm thinking of the orthodontist for some reason. Um, it's the same. Orthodontist. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Maybe like mouth. No, it's not mouth. It means um, right or correct. Oh. So orthography is the correct writing of words, and orthodontics is when they. Like make correct or straighten your, your teeth. teeth. Yeah. yeah, good, good connection there. Um, so we've only just hit the tip of the iceberg on English orthography. It's something we're going to study all year long. So mm-hmm. we'll have lots of updates for the podcast. Something that Lucas said was, "What's the difference between orthography and terminology?" Oh yeah. And I actually don't. I didn't know what the difference was. Mm-hmm. So that was. Like a question for it's a good question. me to learn too. Yeah, but I love that. The terminology is like cooking terminology would be like mm-hmm. three, like three hundred and fifty degrees. Sure. Yeah. Like there's, it's the terms for what you're like doing. Yes, I. This is making me think of um, a cooking terminology that I just learned. You know, recently is um, sous vide. Oh yeah. Do you know what sous vide is? <laughs> I've heard my mom say it. <laughs> I learned it because at Starbucks you can get these sous vide egg bites. It's like, what's a sous vide egg bite? And it basically just refers to the way that the eggs are cooked. But that's something that probably you would only know if you have cooked in the sous vide way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's cooking terminology, which can terminology can be applied to any context. And orthography specifically is referring to the ways in which we spell words, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great job. All right, what's your student choice highlight? Um, like the math meme 
Monday. And mm-hmm. we're going to, like, yeah. all the yeah. math traditions. Yeah. And, like, oh, math yeah. meme Monday is where um, you put a <laughs> math meme up uh-huh. on the board. And then, like, normally, like, we laugh at the math meme. And then, like, we normally, like, learn about it. Like, mm-hmm. our last one was about angles. Uh-huh. And so, like, and then... Like, the whole board was covered in just yes. stuff about angles. Yes. It was a good one, a yeah. juicy one this week. Um, and really, it kind of depends on you guys. Sometimes, you know, there's not a lot that you guys want to talk about. And this time, we ended up, oh, my gosh, talking a ton about angles. Um, so it's, they're funny, right? It's like the, the intersection of math and comedy. Um, and we do one every single Monday. Super fun. It was my favorite tradition last year. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say our listeners from last year probably are familiar with us talking about math meme and Wagoidig. So go ahead, new listeners, tell them about Wagoidig. Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) I mean, I guess I can do it. Go ahead, tell them about Wagoidig. So um, Wagoidig stands for what's going on in this graph. Mm -hmm. And it basically puts up a graph and... Well, the last time that we did it, it was how many. It was just a question that said how many. And we had, like, these cups with lemons in it. Oh, okay. But it had, like, either a fourth, three-fourths, or a half in it. Okay. And so we had, had, like, a lot of numbers Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. could actually be for how many. Yeah. We, so you're actually talking about um, our math talk. We've been talking about oh, yeah. the importance. Yeah, no, that's okay. The importance of um, identifying your unit. Um, this is a big idea that we can apply to our base ten system. But also, we were just looking at some photographs that people had taken, and you know, we'd have like twenty different answers for how many. And really, it depends on what your unit is, what that number is. Our Wagoidig is typically Mondays. Um, I give you guys a graph, and we basically unpack it. So this week it was the bar graph of which cities have the tallest skyscrapers. Um, And you guys ask questions, investigate what's going on in this graph, essentially, where we're going to come from. And we'll be, like, predicting what it's going, what we think Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. going to be what we think the graph is going to be about. Yes, yes, yes. It's super fun. Um, honestly, it's an activity, both the Math Me Monday and Wagoidig, that I expect to last like 10 to 15 minutes. And gosh, sometimes you guys are just like in Fiero maybe. You're mm-hmm. so excited. You want to investigate and talk further and answer your questions and do all these things. So it's really fun for me. Most of the time you'll just have to be like, okay, we have to stop. I know. We're like late to music. <laughs> I know. Like, Okay, we digress. Let's bring it back, you guys. Absolutely. All right, uh, we forgot to do this last week, but our new tradition this season is to discuss a table talk. Um, so we have our new September menu. What table talk did you guys pick? Um, we picked how can, can being assertive help you in a conflict? conflict? Yeah, this is something we've been talking about a lot. So go ahead. How do you think being assertive can help you in a conflict? Um, like... If your sister, like, makes you <laughs> mad or uh-huh. something, then you shouldn't, like, act back because 
they're just gonna get more mad and okay. it's just gonna get worse. Okay. Mika, do you wanna build on that? I'm sorry, just taking a bite. <laughs> <laughs> so what what is being assertive, first of all? Maybe we should So it's in the middle of being aggressive and passive. Yes. So you're not like please give me back my pencil. If not, it's fine. But you're also not like, give me back my pencil! Ah. And like, slap them. Oh my gosh, yes. You're like, give me back my pencil. I need it to write. Yes, so we're trying to find that balance there because when somebody is harming you, right, you need to have the confidence to say stop, but also the control to not escalate it or, you know, make the situation worse. Um, so we practiced it. It's, you know, with your tone of voice and the thing that you say, but it can oftentimes stop a conflict from happening. You know, maybe the person who um, was harming you didn't even know that they were harming you, and now they know. Um, also, it's just, it's the clear, clear communication. I don't like it when you do this. Stop doing this. Mm-hmm. And then everybody can move forward. Yeah. Good. Anything else to add? Um... I don't know. <laughs> no? No. Alrighty. Thanks for